Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody, we have news. November of 2024, we are going to Cape Cod, Massachusetts to treat folklore and evermore by Taylor Swift as sacred. I'm so excited to lead this pilgrimage. These albums are such a different space for Taylor, where instead of being about litigating a tabloid narrative that's been created around her and her life and asserting her own perspective, this was about her reinterpreting her own feelings and experiences through fictional lenses. And so we get to meet all of these characters, and some of them are like con men who fall in love with other con people. And others are like depressed middle-aged people who are like, if this is the best I can do... (laughs) work with me here. And I am so excited to sort of talk about the kind of art that you get to create when you have privacy and you're free from scrutiny and self-examination. I'm so excited to explore all of that at the beautiful auto camp where everybody is going to have a private 1950s Airstream that's been converted into like a luxury hotel room complete with your own bathroom. It's just like the best glamping situation you could possibly imagine. Which I've just wanted to glamp my whole life. I'm so excited. Everybody, this is going to be November 8th through 11th in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. You can find out more by going to readingandwalkingwith.com. 
I've heard of it. I've heard of it. I've heard there's <laughs> really good pizza there. There is excellent, excellent pizza here two blocks <laughs> away. Oh, do you have a favorite place? Yeah. Do you like meet in the streets and fight with people who think the best pizza is elsewhere? Well, I am, and I'm sure this will come up in this episode, I'm a native New Yorker Mm -hmm. and I have like a rule for myself since moving to New Haven, which is that I no longer eat pizza in New York and I don't eat bagels outside of New York. I love it. I love a rule. That's (laughs) awesome. Has this rule served you? Are you like, yes, and it's made my life better? I think it's just made me possibly snobbier with, but like in a loyal to New Haven way versus in a loyal to New York way. Okay. You love a rule. (laughs) You love being a snob about the important things, bagels and pizza. You are clearly a person of my heart. What question has brought you on to Should I Quit? So since moving to New Haven, I have been trying to learn how to drive. Mm-hmm. It has taken way longer than I thought it would, and I feel like I have gotten nowhere with it. Mm-hmm. And most recently, I had to get a new learner's permit because the permit I got when I first moved here expired, and I failed the knowledge test. And on my way back from failing the knowledge test, I submitted my voicemail for should I quit for the real question because I have been so frustrated from this whole process of trying to learn how to drive and then failing tests in the process and feeling a lack of motivation. So I wanted to come on the show to try to figure things out. So the question is, should you quit learning how to drive? That's your question. Or trying to get your driver's license? Should I quit trying to get my driver's license? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How hard have you been trying? Did you study? So I studied the first time I took the learner's permit test. And that was just over two years ago. And Uh I studied and I passed and I got my learner's permit. When I started, it was 2021. Mm -hmm. And I had all of these like two-hour lessons with a lot of time in between them. And I, I realized how much I didn't know and how much other people know from osmosis and from growing up in in a car. My parents did not have a car when I was growing up. And so I tried practicing on my own. I tried practicing twice a week. And then I did take my driving test and I failed the driving test. And now for the past year, I've kind of been back to square one. This time around though, to answer your question, I didn't know that I would have to take the knowledge test again. I thought I could just renew my learner's permit. And then I got there and saw a lot of people passing this test at the DMV. And I failed it. To be clear, I have been driving. I am from a super driving culture. I'm from Los Angeles. If I had to take the knowledge test today, I would for sure fail. I would for sure fail. I hope no one who works for the DMV is listening. (laughs) Okay, why do you want to drive? This sounds hard. Why does it matter? I think I actually go back and forth between not even wanting to drive. It's something that I know I should do. And I don't like being dependent on other people for basic things. And I like having flexibility in terms of where I can live. That said, I love public transportation with all my heart. I, I mean, I have a partner who can drive and that does help. Like that gets us to the grocery store that we want to go to. So that is very helpful. But in terms of like commuting to work in Connecticut, like I feel like I'm CT Transit's biggest fan. So I think there's definitely, there's a motivation issue that I have. 
And I grew up with a mom who can't drive and who sometimes was dependent on her ex-husband to get her places or to get us places, like to visit us in camp or stuff like that. So I, I don't totally want to emulate that, but yeah. Okay. So like how important is it to you to just have your driver's license, to know how to drive, to be able to, how important is that to you? I mean, I think, I feel like I should say it's important to do it in case of emergency. There was a time when I, my partner and I were in Portugal and we were flying out of Spain and it was this like big trip that we had planned and involved a rental car. And he got an extremely bad case of the flu. He was running a like 102.5, 103 fever and we had to make our flight. Like we couldn't reschedule our flight and it was not safe for him to be the one driving. Mm -hmm. And we had to keep stopping. And it was one of those times where it was like, this is an emergency where it would be extremely helpful Mm -hmm. if I could drive. So I think about those times and I'm like, wow, that would have been amazing if I could have driven instead. And I don't know why that doesn't have like more of a motivating effect on me now, but. Okay. So you're not very motivated. What what do you currently see is the path to getting your driver's license? How would it be possible? I would need to study for the knowledge test. Yeah. I would need to go back. I would need to sign up for the knowledge test again. I would need to go back to the DMV to take it. It's actually very helpful to say out loud. Yep. I would need to continue taking these really early morning lessons, and I would need to sign up for more of them. And I would need to do that all in a matter of weeks if I want to do it in this state because I'm moving soon. So all of those things would need to happen pretty quickly. When are you moving? September. So like in four weeks? Yes. Well, moving is a stressful time. Yeah. Couldn't you just be like, I'm going to wait until I get to the next city? I feel like I have... Part of this is like a financial thing too. I feel like I've spent so much money learning how to drive in Connecticut. I finally found an instructor where I'm like making a decent amount of progress with, I can operate a vehicle. Like I can do all of those things. Like I can drive in terms of like the mechanics of driving. It's everything else that makes me concerned. So. So you have a lot going on in the next month until you leave Connecticut. You're packing, you're moving, you're looking at your next cities. It's a busy time. But there's something great about like, I've got six weeks to do this and this is going to be priority one and then it's done. What if I were to say to you, Shira, suck it up, work your little butt off for the next six weeks and leave Connecticut with your license? I, I think I have a hard time believing that I will pass the driving test in that amount of time and... I don't know what it is. I have like a huge mental block around this, clearly. And I think there's like a lot that goes into this. And I don't know how much of that is a narrative that I've created around myself as a driver or around like driving in general and cars in general. I was also in a pretty bad accident years ago. and, And I know at the same time that that doesn't necessarily relate to me taking my driving test and practicing and doing all of those things. I just feel like I've spent so, it's like that catch 22. I've spent, you know, at this point over a thousand dollars trying to learn how to drive. So I feel like I need to follow through with it. 
And at the same time, I don't want to spend another like $90 to take my learner's permit test again and possibly fail it. And then another hundred to take the like road test again and possibly fail it. So yeah. Yeah. Tell me about a time where you thought you couldn't do something and then you did it. When I was in graduate school, I did not think that when I was applying to my graduate program, I would need to have taken math or science in undergrad. And I went to a university that did not require that I do that in undergrad. And I got a kind of contingent acceptance to my master's program where I need to take courses or a credit equivalency exam in a hard science and math. And I am, I'm a second time around learner. Like I do the first time around, I don't, I really don't often get it. So I did have to take, I think both of those tests I had to take twice. And the second time Mm -hmm. I did get it and I did do it. And, and this gives me like, I mean, this whole process has given me a tremendous amount of empathy for, I'm a now former teacher. I actually do a ton of dyslexia tutoring and this process like gives me a ton of empathy for my students who come across as deeply unmotivated when it comes to doing the like nitty gritty of learning to like decode text. So I under I understand the importance of doing hard things and I, I am just struggling with translating it here. Oh, I don't think it's important to do hard things, actually. <laughs> I really don't. We unfortunately have to do hard things. So it is literally important to sometimes do hard things. But I I do not believe in like practicing hardness for the sake of it. I just think like I have total faith in your ability to pass this test. Like I have total faith. I just have total faith that if you were like, this is the month that I am going to do it, that you'll do it. Whether or not it's the right time, whether or not you should, whether or not you need to, it's a big time commitment. It's expensive. You're already in a stressful moment. You can kick this can down the road five years and pick this up again. I don't know if now is the moment for you to do it. I am 100% certain you can. That's comforting. (laughs) (laughs) But so like, I mean, so like, is now the moment? Are you like, fuck it? I did this. I've already spent $1,000. I really like Glenn, my instructor. I'm going to talk to Glenn and be like, Glenn, we got to get me road ready. I'm going to make a game out of studying with my best friend on Zoom. They're going to quiz me, you know, whatever it is. I'm going to go full court press. I'm going to tell my whole community, this is what I'm working on for a month. Support me as I do this. Or are you like, I do not have the energy for that right now. That is going to wait until I am well set up in my next city. I should probably do it now. I mean, I always have a lot of like kind of moving parts. And when I arrive in my next city, I am going to have a lot of setting up to do. And I'm going to have a lot of like work stuff to do. And I, I feel like I already have that now, but I think I will have that no matter where I am. Like I need to not, I need like to reframe this kind of, because I feel like it has the studying and the working towards it. I feel like it's taken so much time from me versus I am putting time into it. And I need to probably like stop the pity party around it and, and tell people in a more proactive way. Oh my God. I love a pity party. 
I wonder Me if you too. should actually just lean into that <laughs> and like throw yourself a Zoom pity party with all of your close friends. And be like, let's all feel bad for me. And now I'm going to go do this thing. I mean, you want to do this now. I want you to be the person who drives the final mile into your next city with this like licensing thing behind you. The question of like how to look at it for this next month is, I don't know, I think like a fun opportunity for artistic expression. Do you have a student who you're particularly close to? You can have them design what this is going to be like for you, design your study schedule. I love that idea. (laughs) (laughs) Be like, what's the most obnoxious thing that I would do as your tutor, you know, and have them tell you, and then you have to follow that. There are like all sorts of ways. You can be making daily Instagram videos. You've got a deadline. Deadlines are gifts. Yeah. And that might have been what was missing before in this process was that it even though I should have felt, I should have realized that there was a deadline, like my permit was going to expire. <laughs> but two years during lockdown feels like a really abstract amount of time. Yeah. So I could, I could do that. And I probably should do that. Yeah. Okay. So you're like, oh, I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> if we were to hang up right now, what would you then go do? I really like lists. So I, I would probably make a list of everything that I would need to do to make this happen. Like in the new year, I did get really into goal setting, which I actually don't think served me that well because Mm -hmm. I can be really all or nothing with things. And I said that I was going to practice twice a week. And I did that for months. I practiced twice a week. And then like month five, I dropped the ball on practicing twice a week. And I got like a pretty bad case of like the efforts. So I probably need to like let go of that and like let go of trying to make up for that and just focus on like getting lessons in and doing things like that. And I think there is totally something to what you're saying. And I, I, uh, in terms of making this something that I do and hold myself accountable to with other people. And I just, and I need to let go of like, I wanted to, I wanted to be able to say when I turned 30, like 30 flirty and driving. And that is, I'm 31. It's not happening. So I need to just- You're in your 30s. I'm in my 30s. Yeah. So I need to find those like other ways to hold myself accountable. That involves like a bigger community of people who are holding me accountable. Is there a way for you to make this fun? Are you just like, no, Vanessa, it's a chore. Don't make this fun. I mean, I hate tests. Like I really hate tests. Like So I think there's like that part of it too that feels inherently unfun. Like I hated them when I was a student. I never gave them as a teacher like it is, or I very rarely did. And there is something that just like feels of the the pressure of a test with this that feels really unfun. Yeah. I love that you are a tutor for students with dyslexia because I feel like, yeah, this is just going to be something that for the rest of your life you get to talk to your students about. Of like, yep, there are just certain things that we all have blocks on. And like driving tests aren't actually about deciding whether or not you're a good driver, right? It's about bureaucracy. It's so stupid the way this is set up. Yeah. But it's helpful to hear that. And it's helpful to think of the process of getting this as a kind of bureaucratic checkmark. Because I I do think part of this block is 
worrying that I am going to be a danger to others. Oh. And getting my license actually doesn't directly impact that. But I, I would have this, I would have this to show for my time trying to learn. Not only that, I don't think that licensing is about trying to keep roads safe. Like if we wanted to keep roads safe, we would lower speed limits and make certain kinds of trucks with blind spots illegal, right? Like this is not a judgment of you as a driver, as a good driver or a bad driver or a safe driver or an unsafe driver. There are all sorts of unsafe drivers who are licensed to drive in the state of Connecticut. Yeah, I think remembering that is important. Like this is this is just a, a hoop you have to jump through. Yeah. But yeah, I want you to have that sense of freedom in your pocket and a reward for all of the hard work you've done. Yeah. I think that's what I need to view it as, <laughs> like a culminating step. And I know I do know how to work towards things. And I have just been baffled by the by this like block that has felt like it's kept me from doing that with this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Who's your favorite student who you're going to get to design this curriculum for you? I, I mean, I, I actually have a student who is learning to drive himself. So <laughs> I could ask him. Amazing. Yeah. Can you do me a favor and put on your to-do list to reach out to him? Yeah. <laughs> As part of this. That's a great idea. I don't know. How cute would that be? The two of you go and take your test together or whatever. Yeah. The first place you go with your license is to pick them up and take them for ice cream. (laughs) Something. Yeah. Shira, thank you so much. I think that this is going to resonate with so many people. And I'm really grateful that you're sharing, like, your struggles because I think that these are things that we all – we all deal with in dealing with it alone and only leads to shame. And so I'm excited for you to move to a place of celebration with this. Thank you so much. That feels like a really good celebratory intention to go into this month with. (laughs) I wish you the best of luck. Send us a photo of you with your license when you've passed. I will. I like, I need to hear when you pass and not be like, and not second guess that, but I, if, when, if it happens, I will definitely, definitely when send a photo. When you pass. Yeah. Thank Definitely going to happen. <laughs> Come on. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Should I Quit, our latest season of The Real Question. Our show is funded through our Patreon at patreon.com slash realquestionpod. If you're a regular listener, we would really appreciate your support. Another way that you can support us is by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening right now. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at RealQuestionPod and Twitter at TheRealQPod. We love our BFF tier patrons, Molly Reilly, Kristen Hall, Mary Margaret, Becky Boo, Jenny Cruz, Amanda Schramm, Shannon Sheehan, and Renee Underhill. We are a Not Sorry production. Our executive producer is Caitlin Hoffmeister. We are edited and produced by Ariana Nettleman. Our music is by Nick Fole, and we are distributed by Acast. Thank you so much to Shira for joining us today. And thanks as always to our wonderful team, Julia Argy, Mickey Zoltan, Laura Glass, AJ Yaramas, Hannah Rehack, Margaret H. Wilson, Courtney Brown, Natalie Folkerts, Casper Turkyle, and Stephanie Paulsell.
Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. Hi, listeners. This is Naomi Westwater. You may know me from my previous classes at Not Sorry. I'm dropping into your feed today to let you know about an upcoming course I'm running starting March 17th called Creating Daily Ritual, Tarot as a Sacred Practice. In this course, I will teach you about the history and meaning of the cards in the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck and model how they can be used as a tool for self-reflection and creativity. Through lecture, discussion with your classmates, and solo journaling, I will aim to help you develop your individual connection with tarot, this ancient tool for meaning-making. If you're looking to elevate your daily ritual, please join me starting Sunday evening, March 17th, for six weeks of habit-building, learning, and community. Head to notsorryworks.com for more information and be sure to check out our sliding scale pricing and scholarships listed on the website. That's notsorryworks.com.